let's jump right in. As I've talked about in other videos, the most important element of communication, especially when you're having a disagreement with your partner, family member, friend, is not to win the argument and prove that you're right. A lot of us tend to go into conversations with that hope, with that expectation or that measure of success. What you should be having the goal of doing is having each person walk away with a clearer understanding of the opposing person and that argument's perspective. That way you can better predict and address any other issues that come up that may be similar. So let's jump into the five steps that John and Julie Gottman list in their book, eight dates based on their research about the best way to repair your relationship after conflict. Step one, focus on your feelings. Each person should share how they were feeling during that argument or leading up to the argument. Maybe you were feeling fearful. Maybe you were feeling ashamed or embarrassed. Maybe you were feeling annoyed or jealous. Being honest about your feelings is the best way to start because it allows your partner the opportunity to empathize with you first, right? We've all been in a place where we felt jealous of things before. And so even if your partner can't agree with what led you to feeling jealous, at least they can empathize with the fact that that is the emotion that led into that fight or that you were feeling during the fight. And to clarify, when I use the term fight and argument, I'm using those synonymously. I am not referring to physical altercations in this video. Step two, each person should share their perspective. What did you feel happened during that argument? How did you experience the lead up? How did you experience the actual argument itself? And the most important part of step two is to validate each other's experiences. So maybe they say, and then you yelled at me. Now that is not good communication, but you don't want to worsen the communication by saying, I wasn't yelling at you. You can say, so you felt that I was yelling at you. And maybe this is even an opportunity for you to understand what yelling means to that person, right? So learning how to validate their experience and saying, I can see why you would see it that way or that makes sense that you would experience it that way or I could see how my action would be construed or interpreted that way. Instead of being defensive and trying to convince them that that's not what happened or that's not how they should feel, Focusing on validation in step two is key. Make sure when you are in step two that you are focusing on your own feelings, focusing on your own perspective. You don't want to tell your partner or whomever you're having the conversation with how they felt. You don't wanna say, for example, and then you got mad out of nowhere. You can't tell them that they got mad, but you can say, I felt tension and it seemed to me that you were mad. That is a completely different thing because it leaves room for the possibility that you misinterpreted the situation. They end this section with a sentence that I love. There is no immaculate perception, meaning that there is no person who has a perfect crystal clear memory of exactly what happened because each of you is going to be paying attention to different things. Each of you are going to remember different things and forget or completely ignore different things. So no one is coming with 2020 hindsight about how this argument unfolded and transpired. This is the book we're reading right now. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you already know today is my Friday, the voice of reason, back in the building with yet another intriguing, riveting, captivating topic about relationships. Tonight's topic, casualties 
of Love and War, a deeper look at when you and your significant other are secretly at war with each other. Oh, my God. That clip. There is no such thing as the immaculate perception. I love that. That was fire. Listen, what is the biggest reason that couples fight? Do you know? What are the top reasons for why couples fight? And when couples fight, a lot of times we fight dirty. Yeah? Huh? Some It don't get no more personal than when you and your significant other are at odds. Because everything is on the table. They know everything. Right? So I'm going to ask the question again. What are the biggest reasons for why couples fight? Do you know? Call in 1-800-920-1580. Call me, call me, call me, call me. Are you having the same fight over and over again? Are you having a fight because you've had the same discussion over and over again? Do couples fight because they love each other? Yeesh. 1-800-920-1580. Is it normal? Listen, this is a heavy question. And I want y'all to be, listen, if you're driving in your car right now, pull over. Pull over. Pull up your, your parking brake. Lean the seat back and listen to this question. Is it normal to argue in a relationship every day? Is it normal to argue in a relationship every day? Is a couple who argues a lot, are they dysfunctional? 1-800-920-1580. Get to your phone lines. G-G-G-G-Unit, call me right now. 1-800-920-1580. True or false? Couples who argue, listen, I hope you still pulled over. Couples who argue feel safe to express their emotions, whereas couples who don't argue are probably walking on eggshells and don't feel safe enough to really express how they feel. 1-800-920-1580, true or false? Couples who argue feel safe enough to express their emotions. Do all couples argue? Are there some couples out there that don't argue? Casualties of love and war. A deeper look at when you and your significant other are secretly at war with one another. I'm going to tell you right now. One of the hallmarks of waging a silent war, and maybe sometimes not so silent, you know, war against your partner really has a lot to do with unforgiveness and resentment and things you're holding on to. Yeah? Agree or disagree? Couples who argue love each other more than couples who never raise their voices at each other. There is a great, listen, this is a great sign as it shows that you and your partner have a strong bond that is so tight that a good fight or two may not break you. This reminds me of Dr. Mark Goulston, 
Dr. Mark Goulston says sometimes couples need to have a knockdown, drag out fight minus the knockdowns. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> minus the knockdowns, but they need to have a, a vehement fight. And you know, for people who say vehement a lot, it's not vehement. I hear people say vehement. Vehemently. No, 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 no. Vehemently. Okay, I'm, I just, my bad. I'm sorry, I'm having a, a electric company moment speaking the words. But this particular uh, article that I was reading was basically saying couples who argue love each other more than couples who never raise their voice. 1-800-920-1580, call me, call me, call me, call me. I want to know what your thoughts are, true or false. Couples who argue are more vulnerable with each other. They can express if an action or words of their spouse have hurt them or maybe they think they're wrong. Agree or disagree? Couples who agree, listen, couples who argue also have better communication than those who don't. This is interesting because we can, because I'm going to say what I need to say. Are you in a relationship where you can say what you need to say? Hmm? Are you in a relationship where you feel like you can't say what you need to say because it may cause more consternation in the relationship? Chronic conflict within couples is a complex issue that can significantly impact the overall health and happiness of a relationship. While arguments and disagreements are a natural part of any relationship, it is essential to explore the underlying causes and potential solutions to foster a more har harmonious connection. I, listen, people get, listen, here, let me just say it this way. People, a lot of people think conversing is the same as arguing. Because if the content of the conversation is something they don't want to talk about, pull out the journal and start journaling your actions. Do you become reactive? Do you, do you raise your voice? Do you become combative? Do you become condescending? Do you, do, do you get uh, sarcastic? Yeah, you don't want to talk about this. So now those actions, if brought to that type of conversation, can lead to an argument like a full blown yelling and cursing match. Right. It's important in an intimate relationship that you understand your partner's communication styles. Differences in communication styles uh, can lead to misunderstanding, misinterpretations and escalating conflicts. Unresolved emotional baggage can lead to that as well. Unaddressed childhood traumas, past relationship wounds, or unresolved personal issues can manifest as ongoing conflicts within the current relationship. People who love each other love dialoguing with each other. They might not even like it all the time, but they know in order to sustain the love, we got a dialogue. You just tuned into the voice of reason. I'm already on one right now. I'm already on one. Casualties of love and war. A deeper look at when you 
and your significant other are secretly at war with one another. This is heavy stuff. Power struggles. I'm not just going to talk because you want me to talk. Hmm? You can't force me to talk. What do I say all the time? Never try to talk to an unwilling ear. Boy, and it's even worse when you try to do it to a cold heart. Ooh, <laughs> unmet expectations can lead to relationship wars, right? Hmm? When partners have differing expectations regarding various aspects of the relationship, such as roles, responsibilities, or future plans, conflict can arise. You want your relationship to last? Stock that toolbox that conflict management toolbox with some tools to be able to have effective, respectful, right, bi-directional dialogue. Heavy stuff. Lack of trust. I'm not talking to you because I don't trust you. And I'm at war with you because I don't trust you. I'm going to hold you at arm's distance while holding on to you. 1-800-920-1580. Somebody, don't act like you're not going through it. <laughs> External stressors, financial difficulties, work pressures, or family problems can strain a relationship, leading to increased conflict between the partners. War. Come, can we make love? Not war. I want to make love. I like love. 1-800-920-1580. Get to your phone lines. Call me, call me, call me. And then here's this one. Poor conflict resolution skills. Inadequate communication. And problem-solving abilities can perpetuate conflicts preventing management. I'm not going to say preventing resolution. Preventing management. Did you know, I was doing the research, uh, marriage.com, 69% of all conflicts in, in intimate relationships go unresolved. Conflict in your relationship is like credit card debt. It's revolving. <laughs> so you're chopping it down little by little, piece by piece. You're trying not to max out the card. <laughs> <laughs> right conflicts works that way you're going to always have conflict in your relationship but the key in my opinion if you love the person and you want the person and you want the relationship you do what is necessary to protect the relationship 1-800-920-1580 the significance of conflict while it is true that couples who argue may demonstrate a certain level of emotional investment, it is crucial to differentiate between healthy disagreements and chronic destructive conflicts. Frequent, intense arguments can erode trust, emotional intimacy, and overall relationship satisfaction, 1-800-920-1580. Therefore, it is essential to address conflicts in a constructive manner to prevent long-term damage. I want to hear from the couples tonight who know how to do that. Hey, let's jump on this right now. Can we jump on this right now? 
Let's deal with this right now before this thing balloons and turns into an albatross around our spiritual necks. When I come forward, I got more questions and callers. You already know. Open conversation. No judgment here. We're going to have the type of conversation you should have in your relationship. And our experience is that 86% of couples who attend this workshop with this dreams within conflict approach are able to come to a much deeper understanding and remember, the goal is not solving the conflict, it's dialogue, so that you're no longer gridlocked, but you can talk about this, and you can have a sense of humor about it. Wait, 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 And you stop. can be affectionate stop. with it. No, 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 no. We have to start that again. And, and that must be played one more time. I, I, I'm sorry, I usually let the clip play. It's a short clip, but Jesus, did he not? Bring that one. Bring that beat back. And our experience is that 86% of couples who attend this workshop with this dreams within conflict approach are able to come to a much deeper understanding. And remember, the goal is not solving the conflict, it's dialogue. So that you're no longer gridlocked, but you can talk about this. And you can have a sense of humor about it. And you can be affectionate with one another and creative. Mm, mm, mm. Gridlock is inter relational war gridlock we're not going to talk about it we're not going to address it mainly because we don't know how ladies and gentlemen you're listening to the voice of reason live on kbla talk 1580 hot topic alert casualties of war in love a deeper look at when you and your significant other are secretly at war with one another. True or false, contrary to popular opinion, people who do not argue do not have good communication, right? Because even as they are talking, they are not talking about the things that matter, things that can help improve the relation. Listen to that. Contrary to popular opinion, people who do not argue do not have good communication skills because as they are talking they are not talking about what matters let me tell you about the uh the sunflowers i saw today at the grocery store listen we got pressing issues in this relationship and you want to talk about the sunflowers okay let me let me make space for sunflowers oh really were, uh, were they fully bloomed? The big yellow ones, right? Did they have sunflower seeds in them? Okay, are we done with... Let's get to the meat. So many people, when it comes to communication, they stick to the side dishes. They don't deal with the protein, the problem. <laughs> the problem, the issue, is the protein. And... In my estimation, a lot of people avoid difficult conversations. And if you avoid the difficult, what does avoidance do? It creates more conflict. Why? Why? Because wherever you're dealing with avoidance, you know what you're dealing with? You're dealing with a silent timer. Because people can only tolerate so much for so long. So what happens is I'm going to avoid, 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 until I can't no more. And then I'm going to pop off. 
That's what the avoidant communication style brings to the table. We're at war because most of us have never been taught how to effectively dialogue. Now, effective dialoguing between couples also requires something called active listening. I'm listening intently. I'm listening with respect. I'm trying to listen without my left brain jumping in and interpreting. But if that happens, oh, we're ready for war. When I come forward, more questions and callers on the way. The question that we have for today is, how do couples successfully resolve conflict? So, I would say the most common reason why a couple will come in is they'll say, we are just not communicating. We are not communicating well. We are not connecting. We're not able to talk about anything. Everything is hard. Everything leads to an argument or we're not arguing, but we're just literally not talking to each other. Like everything is surface, nothing is deep. And so, um, again, I think that that is a, a common a common presenting concern. And so how do we successfully resolve conflict? I think one of the first steps is looking at what are some of the communication patterns that are happening within the relationship. Um, there are some therapists that will work on specific kind of communication techniques, you know, saying I statements versus you statements, one that's able to present some ownership, I feel hurt versus you hurt me. Some of those adjustments can be really helpful. But I would say in the, in the work that I do, I typically find pretty quickly that the problem is not necessarily that the couple can't communicate. In fact, typically we're able to rewind back and go, hey, there was a time in which you guys communicated really well and overcame a lot of significant conflict and were able to um, navigate your way through really complex kinds of things. Or hey, you're in a really pretty major role in your job and you're able to communicate and lead large groups of people the problem is probably not that you've just all of a sudden completely lost your ability to communicate, that that part of your skill set just fell out of your head and all of a sudden didn't work. And so I think a second step that we tend to look at is understanding this kind of big word that we call detachment needs. And again, I think for a lot of couples, it feels a little bit counterintuitive because like this is not something that we generally talk about in our society. What are your attachment needs? How do we connect with our attachment needs? And yet when I describe it to a lot of people, it clicks. They're like, yeah, you know, it feels like we're fighting about the most mundane kinds of things. The fact that you're not helping me with parenting kinds of tax, tasks or I'm trying to talk to you and it doesn't really feel like you really care about some of the things that are concerning to me. And at the Ladies and gentlemen, the voice of reason back in the building. You already know what it is. A deeper look at when you and your significant other are secretly at war with each other is tonight's topic. Casualties of love and war. My goodness, this is a heavy topic, but it is a necessary one, right? The assertion that lack of arguments signifies poor communication holds true when considering the depth of the discourse. While couples that argue engage in expressing their concerns, those who avoid conflict might indeed lack meaningful exchanges about crucial relationship matters. We just not going to talk about it? Huh, okay. <laughs> Maybe and I don't know is going to be the answer for everything. 1-800-9-2015-80. This avoidance can hinder growth 
and progress. However, the balance lies in transforming these conversations into constructive discussions rather than destructive battles. I close with this. The battlefield of chronic couple conflict reveals hidden yearnings and unsolved puzzles within the relationship. By unraveling the causes and embracing effective cures, couples can reshape their conflict into the catalyst for positive change. People want to be right about how they were done wrong, more so than getting back in alignment with the person they claim they love. They'd rather be right than be in alignment. 1-800-920-1580. Huh? They'd rather be right than be in alignment. Contrary to popular belief, fruitful communication isn't solely about arguing. It's about creating a space where important conversations are welcomed and approached with respect and empathy. In this nuanced dance, couples can navigate their differences toward a more harmonious and enriched partnership if that's what you want. Some people feel real good about being right. Okay, here we go. We got callers on the line. People want to talk. One of my favorite folks is in the building. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, she hasn't been here in a while. She needs to come back. Dr. Sunshine, would you shine on us a little bit today? Oh, my boy. So, <laughs> yes, yes, I, yes. I absolutely love tonight's topic. Thank you. Um, I am calling um, colleague to colleague. I need some enlightenment, mm-hmm. and um, you're you're the one. You're the one. So, f- first clarifying question: I wonder when when you first came on at the top of the hour, you said couples who argue every day. Right. Is that are we talking about couples who argue every day? Yeah, <laughs> we can. <laughs> as in, as in. As an every day? As an every day. <laughs> As there's something wrong every day. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. So my 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 take on that is going to be, yeah, if, if, if the arguing is every day, all caps, every. Right. <laughs> then, yeah. But then, but then your guy that you played said that, um, you know, we can gain a sense of humor from arguments. So I just wanted to be enlightened. What is your take? Like, what is the humor about this? And <laughs> is there a benefit to arguing every day? Cause I think not. I don't think, I think we're in, we're, we're in lockstep with this. I don't think arguing every day is healthy. Uh, but I think what he was trying to say by infusing levity into the discussion, you know, it may break the ice a little bit, uh, I don't think you can if we if we're in a full blown knockdown drag out argument. I don't think yeah. making a joke out of it is going to help. But I think before it escalates, if we're smiling, if we're in good spirits, in a good mood, and we're respectful in the way we present our 
point of view or our concern mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to our significant other, then I think levity has a place. Because if we can laugh about a problem, I think we can more easily cultivate collectively a solution to that problem. But I think if our fists are balled up, I think if we're ready to mm-hmm. react, we're ready to respond, we're ready to chop somebody down, we're ready to correct, then, you know, we, we might be headed down the road of a real big argument. What are your thoughts? I, you know what? I totally agree with that. I think, um, I, first of all, to, to highlight, for you to take this opportunity to highlight the fact that arguing does have its benefits, I think it's amazing. So to your point, it's learning how to communicate. And you mentioned the communication style of your partner. But yeah, if we're arguing, it does indicate that we're able to be authentic and transparent with our true feelings. How about it? You know and, how many people and, and that speak? is something that a lot of couples cannot do. Yeah, right. people cannot do. You know we speak with pretense. Yeah. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> Even in or, intimate or relationships. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so oh, we're going to come forward, but yeah. I want to hold you. I want to hold you because okay. I want you to talk to me really quickly about how unmet attachment needs can lead to relationship conflict. This is a big one. This is a big one. When we come forward, more from Dr. Sunshine and Zoe Williams on the VOR. The voice of reason has returned to KBLA. We've come full circle after having come forward. That's the legendary DMX. And you know, so many people come into their relationships with that same energy. They come in like DMX. <laughs> That's, they go to bed. That song is in their head. Lord have mercy. The Voice of Reason is on fire tonight. We have Dr. Sunshine. She's in the building. She's going to join us. Now, we, when, we, when we went forward, we were talking about attachment style needs. So, I, I, you know, I've been delving into this stuff really, really deeply. And... It has come to my attention that every attachment style has its own set of needs. And if these needs are not met by first, firstly, the person and then the partner in support of that, the person may feel um, they may feel like, yo, something's missing or this isn't working or something is wrong. Can you go into it a little bit about attachment style needs and if they're not met how that could lead us into relational war well yeah i think uh, in the most basic and foundational way we um we just are innately or rather intuitively looking to have our needs met um it's almost infantile it's human nature you want your needs met. So when when you're not getting them, then oftentimes you look towards the mo- the people that you are most intimate with. And when I say intimate, I'm referring to closeness mm-hmm. and not necessarily sexuality, but right. Right. closeness. Mm-hmm. So when I am close to you, when I feel intimate with you, I feel safe. Um, and so I'm looking to you 
to help me close that gap, fulfill my needs, um, make me whole. Mm -hmm. And we do it sometimes subconsciously without even knowing that that's what we're doing. Or at least... Which is why uh, it's important. Or at least Uh assist me in helping me make myself whole. At least be on the same team. Well, that's... Yeah? (laughs) But that's for an enlightened person. Ah, here we go. An enlightened person understands where their blind spots are, what their needs are, the areas of strength and weakness. And they also understand what they're seeking in another person. They understand what they they are void of inside of themselves. So the average person is not aware of that. And so looks towards someone else to help fill those gaps. (laughs) When are you coming back to the voice of reason, Dr. Sunshine? Huh? When are you coming back? When am back? I coming back, though? When am I coming back? <laughs> well, you, you know you got a seat at the table anytime. All you got to do is text me and say, yo, I'm ready to do it. Are we good? <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Listen, and also, I'm definitely going to come to the church. Uh, uh, you and your husband. Could you tell everybody the church, what you guys do? It's Sunday service. I'm going to be there. So what is the name of the church and the location and the time and all of that? Can you give them that info? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm also the co-pastor of the Experience Christian Ministries. We're located right on the corner of 47th Place and San Pedro in South Central. Service starts at 11.07 a.m. But, though, Mm. this Sunday, Mm -hmm. we're having church in the park. And we're going to be at South Park. Um, so good timing. <laughs> hey, plug. Send, send, oh, me, send me the address. I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and that's going to start at 12 noon. So I definitely will send you the address. Okay. Well, I appreciate you for tapping in. We needed your insight. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's Dr. Sunshine. You already know what it is. She's on 8 a.m. Sunday mornings here on KBLA Talk 1580. The phone lines are cracking. Let's get these callers in here. Heru Ali, Battle Creek, Michigan. Peace and love to the family nation. Honors everybody. Honors up. Yes, sir. Honest. Listen, um, this this secret war in a relationship um, has been my experience that when I was notified that I was in a secret war or a war against me in a relationship, that uh, if avoidance, not answering the phone, not engaging in conversation, not having any relationship reciprocity, because I want for you what I want for myself because I care and I love once avoidance forms, the relationship is gone. Mm. It's, it's a wrap. You just didn't know, you, you know, just... exit strategy was execute <laughs> order 66. 66. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, it just, it was just crazy. But uh, yeah, if, if I, I truly want to be with you, and I feel like uh, what I'm getting is being reciprocated in some kind of way. It doesn't have to be the exact same way. But reciprocation, yes. Reciprocal. Absolutely. Value for value. Let me know that you don't take value for value, Zoe. Let let me know that you're not taking me for granted. Man, so many people 
it, it's as soon as if they don't uh they've taken you for granted or or the mask is finally worn off due to time and they just can't hide anymore, tell them no and mm. see how they react. Mm. Mm. Fall off. Have a bad month or two or three to where you can't provide thus and so and see how they react. See who really got your back. Mm. Mm. That's all I'm saying. Hey, brother. Peace love to the family and nation. I love, love y'all. Be Yo. safe and dangerous. Heru Ali, Battle Creek, Michigan, is in the building because of him. If you want to bring your city in the building, you know the routine. All you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. Let's get over to Houston, Texas. Atala Phillips, get in here. What up, Uncle Zoe? I'm chilling. Perfect timing. Yeah. All right. So, Perfect uh, timing. Heru, yes, yes. Um, Heru, I'm I'm gonna respectfully disagree with your point, um, and I'm gonna say this speaking from a woman's perspective. If she's at the point where she's about to quote unquote execute her uh, exit strategy, that is not the time to essentially say, "Oh, well, I mean, it's over." That's not necessarily true. Chances are she's probably attempted or tried to speak to you multiple times and you're just not really hearing her. I mean, it kind of goes back to what Dr. Sunshine was saying. She may have a specific need that she has yet to communicate um, or she just doesn't know how to communicate mm-hmm. um, or she just doesn't feel like you'll fulfill it. And I mean, I, but again, to me, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's over. I feel like you can still salvage it. Nice. Nice. Uh, you know what? I love it when the <laughs> sisters call in, but... I'll ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Have you waged a secret war, a silent war? Maybe not so silent, you're Taurus. Have you waged a war <laughs> <laughs> against your partner, your significant other? Hmm? Oh, yeah. And, and, oh, yeah. No, and I mean, how'd he, you do he it? Me being a Taurian, they got nothing to do with it. <laughs> um, complete silence. I just like... Hmm. I, you don't exist to me. I mean, Torians are actually known for that. There's a this like misconception that we're like loud and brash with it, and that's not always true. Sometimes it's better to be silent because silence is more deafening than me screaming. Mm, I hear you, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't know the voice by now, that's Atala from Houston, Texas. Listen, I want you to get on your phone lines. Call me right. Now, the number to dial is 1-800-920-1580. When I come forward, more questions, more callers, more in-depth discussion. The Voice of Reason is on fire tonight. I founded the Marriage Foundation. So we're going to start with um, a technique that is so useful. And so many people overlook this, even though they know it's a good technique. You know it's a good technique even before I tell you about it. It's called the I'm sorry technique. There's a serious problem when you're communicating and the communication starts going downhill. And at first you're just talking about something. It could be very innocent. And then all of a sudden you hit a point of disagreement. And it's human nature to focus in on that point of communication that is troubling until you get it resolved. It's human nature. 
It's, it's part of us because of our drive to survive. We want to make sure the path in front of us is cleared away and we don't care who dies in the process, so to speak. So we have to be right. We have to be clear. We have to know. When you reach that point of contention, you're making a choice. Do I want my marriage, my communication, my connection to be more important to me than my being right, right? Those are your two choices, being right, being connected. Mm. So I've introduced the I'm sorry technique. Now, a lot of people go, wait a minute, because you know what it means. It means as soon as you see your communication is going downhill, you go, I'm sorry. You're right. I'm sorry. And the other person, your spouse, isn't going to let it end there usually. They'll either want to dig in. Remember, human nature. You bet I'm right. Or they'll challenge you. What do you mean I'm right? What do you mean you're sorry? Because the, the momentum of the moment is carrying them into this negative space. But you are in charge of you. You are in charge of you. No one else is. How they react, what they do, is them. What you do is you. You have free will. You have willpower only over you. So, it takes two to get into a fight. One person cannot fight by themselves. You have the power to end it. So what you go is, I'm sorry. If that doesn't end it, you don't need a long explanation, but you may need an explanation for your own mind because they suffer from human nature and you suffer from human nature. So what you tell your mind is up to you as long as you get it to shut up. Mm. You don't continue in the fight. And you mean it when you say, I'm sorry. You mean it. So there's different things you could <laughs> Who is that, Andy? I, I, you know, I send Andy all of the videos. I know who they are. I just don't remember them when I'm on the air. Who was that man right there? From the Marriage Foundation. Yes, yes, that was heavy stuff. I'm going to tell you right now, most people would rather win an argument than maintain a connection. I think we live in a society where connections don't really matter. And I'm going to tell you why. Because connections are not deep. Connections are not really meaningful. Because if connections were deep and meaningful, people would do anything to protect them because they would be seen as something to be cherished. Most people, the connection ain't deep. I said ain't. It's not deep. The connection is really a whatever connection. All they got, listen, most, all most people got to do is get the attention 
of somebody else as attractive, as appealing as you are, and then the uh, the value and the bond and the strength of the connection that you are now having an issue with is easier to relinquish. I know people don't want to hear it put that way, but that's what it is. If you're in the business of cultivating and maintaining the bond you have with a special person, you're going to invest, right, in healthy conflict management skills. You're going to invest. You're going to buy books. You're going to read them. You're going to read them with your partner. You're going to want to know about effective communication, developing active listening skills, expressing emotions calmly, using I statements, right? Uh, You understand? You're going to do all of that stuff. Right. You're going to buy books on emotional intelligence, enhancing emotional intelligence and empathy can promote better understanding and validation of each other's feelings. Listen, we go in the war. If I feel marginalized, if I feel like I'm being taken for granted, if I feel like I'm in a one sided relationship, we're going to war. Right. I'm a great man. But if I can't be great in my relationship. That's that's a hard home to go to. 1-800-920-1580. Somebody get to the phone lines. Get to your phone. I want to talk. Do you want to talk? I'm trying to give you all a little something tonight. Healthy management skills, right? We got to establish respectful boundaries within the union. Setting clear boundaries for each other and respecting each other's individuality can prevent conflicts, right? Right? Because sometimes uh, uh, I'm your man or you my woman. Sometimes us being each other's person, we think we can cross some lines. But no, in a healthy relationship, you respect the boundary that is established by your partner for your own individuality and your own space. If you want to build the connection, you got to start building trust. Right. Open, honest, non-judgmental communication, consistent actions that says I'm moving towards you. I want to be close to you. I value the connection with you. Right. And transparency can help rebuild trust and reduce conflict triggers. Right? While arguments can indicate a certain level of emotional investment, chronic couples conflict can be detrimental to the overall health of the relationship. Understanding the underlying causes, the underlying causes and implementing effective conflict management strategies are crucial for fostering a more harmonious and fulfilling partnership by addressing conflicts uh, conflicts respectfully right from a non-judgmental space with empathy and respect and a commitment to growth couples can transform their relationship wars into opportunity listen everybody gonna do you wrong didn't i tell you that In one of my relationship shows here, I said everybody dangerous. Why is everybody dangerous? Because everybody's a work in progress. 
right? Yesterday's show, we talked about how there's performative masculinity. There's performative femininity. You've heard me mention it on this show numerous times. People are relational thespians. They're actors. And the reason why they're acting a certain way is because they're in pursuit of a particular outcome. And once they get the outcome, they take the mask off. Or at least the performance mask. They take that off. I ain't got to do that no more. I've scored. Right? So I'm breaking all of these things down. Right? If you're cultivating healthy conflict management in your relationship, that means you're cultivating the bond. You're nurturing the bond. It's like watering a plant. It's like going to get supplements for your plant, putting a little cinnamon or some coffee grinds in, the, in, in your soil, right? Because you want your plants to be healthy. That's conflict management. And where there is conflict management in an intimate relationship, and I'm talking about effective conflict management in an intimate relationship, you have two people that are invested in the bond, in the union, in the relationship. Oh, goodness. Are y'all with me tonight? 1-800-920-1580. Call me, call me, call me. People are listening tonight. I don't know. I don't know if, because I, I know y'all going through it. Y'all can call 1-800-920-1580. Chronic causes of couples conflict. Well, very simply, unmet expectations. We all come into the relationship with those expectations. Sometimes the expectation is unrealistic. Sometimes your partner is just oblivious to them. And that could be because maybe you didn't effectively communicate exactly what you need. Or maybe you did and they just didn't care. Right. This is what's going to cause a war in your relationship. Then there's the communication breakdown. Some people have poor communication skills. Some and I'm guilty of this one right here. Misinterpretation. My left brain works overtime. If you tell me something, I'm definitely going to reinterpret it. What, 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 what are you saying this? What did you mean? Go deeper. I'm going to ask more. Right. But again, communication breakdown. So you have misinterpretation of words and actions, which can lead to mis uh, uh, misunderstandings, which can lead to escalating conflicts. Right. So and then there's a lack of emotional intimacy. Emotional distance can arise when partners fail to connect on a deeper level, causing a sense of isolation. This is what I say. If you really want the connection, you put the work in to maintain it. Nobody is just supposed to be showing up to perform for you so you could be happy and you don't reciprocate, that's going to create a relational war, right? Then you have unresolved past issues. Baggage from past relationships or unresolved personal traumas can unconsciously impact the current relationship. And I would say consciously and unconsciously. Then, of course, is power struggles. A struggle for dominance can manifest through arguments about control, decision-making, and other power-related issues. But what are the cures? I don't want to be in a relational war with my woman. I want to cure the connection. How do you do that? Well, 
the same thing, effective communication, active listening, an empathetic expression, and dismantle misunderstanding or can dismantle misunderstandings and provide clarity. If you're a lot of people don't even know what active listening is. First off, it's listening without judgment. It's listening attentively. Right. Listening without judgment. I'm going to lean in. And I I will not be distracted. I'm not going to be on my phone while you're talking. I'm locked in. I've got eye contact. Right. And I am present. I am here. Active listening. Listening without judgment. Krishnamurti said the highest form of intelligence is to be able to listen and observe without judgment. That's a very heavy piece. You want to you want to pour into the connection? That's a cure. To get a book on uh, effective communicate or effect or active listening and then get a book on emotional intelligence. So many books out there by so many great authors. Find one that speaks to you and read it. Then you have setting realistic expectations. Openly discussing and aligning each partner's expectations can reduce feelings of disappointment. But what if you're dealing with a partner who doesn't even want to have that discussion? They don't even want to talk about that. Setting realistic expectations protects the connection. Let's sit together and align our expectations if this thing is to work, if it's to thrive, right? Then you have cultivating emotional intimacy, regular expressions of love, vulnerability, and shared experiences can deepen the emotional connection. My girl told me something. She said uh, she she it was a phrase. Uh, she said, activate love daily. That was her thing. She would say, activate love daily. And I took that to mean. Be positive, be receptive, show love daily to each other, show love daily. Right. That's that's how I took that. Oh, Lord, I'm in here messing up. Right. Activate love daily. And I think to me, that's emotional intimacy. Then you have resolving past baggage. Now, this is hard. It's hard to resolve past baggage. If you refuse to embrace it, if you refuse to look at it, if you refuse, if you're always running from it, if you're always running Right. From the work is hard to resolve what needs to be resolved. That's just the bottom line. Okay, and then. Let's get even deeper. Let's go even deeper. This is going to get even deeper here. Right. If, If we're talking about pulling this thing together, bringing it together, what can cure it? Collaborative problem solving. How do you do it? Collaborative problem solving? 
yeah, it's a real thing. When I come forward, I'm going to tell you about it. Relationships are typically so regrettable and often so bitter, it's natural to hope we might, with greater maturity, overcome them once and for all. But given what human nature is actually like, it would be unwise to make this our goal. The hope can't be to eliminate arguments altogether. It should be to try to find our way to a better kind of argument. Hmm. Arguments tend to start when we're confronted, usually rather suddenly, by what appears to us to be the radical selfishness, intransigence or sheer nastiness of the partner. It is extremely tempting to react with equal force. We aren't, after all, a pushover. We've been hurt and we must hurt back. We will make them suffer as they have made us suffer. There may be variations in just how we opt to inflict the suffering. Perhaps we'll do a lot of shouting, or slam a door, or maybe we'll eke this one out with a sulk. But the underlying principle is the same. We've been hurt, and we have to punish. But at this point, we might ask ourselves what we're really seeking. After all, we're not trying to administer abstract justice or punish for the sake of it. This isn't a criminal court or the headmaster's office. What we're truly seeking in a close relationship is something much more touching. We want the other person to love us properly and to be kinder. That's why we're slamming the door, calling them a fuckwit and have been pretending they don't exist since breakfast. Surprisingly, almost the last thing we ever do when we've been very hurt is to say that we've been very hurt. It feels just too humiliating to reveal our wound to the person who inflicted it to show ourselves as vulnerable in front of the very individual who, it seems, has unbearably abused our vulnerability. This is both hugely... Ladies and gentlemen, the voice of reason back in the building, KBLA Talk 1580. The VOR is always on fire. We have come full circle after coming forward. But before we left, I was talking about collaborative problem-solving. If you have a connection, that is worth keeping. What is a connection that's worth keeping? One that's meaningful. What is meaningful? One that brings value to your life. One that, somebody that makes you happy. Somebody that brings joy and, and enjoyment and love and, and fun and, and knowledge and wisdom and growing. Somebody brings support to your life. That's a good relation. That's a that's a that's a meaningful connection that is worth keeping, right? So, you want to get out of chronic couples conflict? Consider collaborative problem solving. What exactly is that? That's when you approach problems the relationship is faced with as a team. We're approaching Relational issues as a team rather than as adversaries. Well, I think we should do this. Well, my idea was better than yours. Or I told you that and then you didn't give me no credit for it. And then you took credit for what I said. No, no, no. Let's approach it as a team. This is our solution for this issue. Right? You can dissolve a lot of power struggles and foster a lot of compromise and a lot of mutual respect if you employ collaborative problem solving. Man, I want a teammate that's going to fight with me.
to enrich and maintain the meaning and the value of our connection. Many people think because you have a connection, it cannot suffer from entropy. It can and it will. Just because we have a connection in the beginning doesn't mean it is invulnerable. It's not. We have work to do. We have to maintain the connection. And like I said, many people would rather be the winner of a war against a loved one. Somebody they love. Do you see how fast people in relationship turn into bitter enemies? You know why? Because they've always been enemies. It's just that they had benefits. They had benefits. They were getting something. Something something made them say, you know what? I ain't going to fight you right now because I'm getting this. But the moment I stop getting what I signed up for, I'm going to tell you how I really feel. Tell me I'm lying. Collaborative problem solving could cure a lot of things in our relationships. When I come forward, I know y'all scared to talk about it because y'all live in it. Y'all in your house right now on opposite sides of the house. Somebody is in the kitchen. Somebody else is in the den. And the two shall never meet. I know. Call me right now. 1-800-920-1580. When we come forward, call us. Ladies and gentlemen, the voice of reason has returned. We on fire tonight. Tonight's topic is just... Wow, man, it's just, it's real. It's real. Can I go back to the benefits of arguing? How many times have you held in how you really feel with your partner? Right? Just held it in. It's almost like holding your breath. Until you can't hold it no more and then you pop off. Right? In the popping off, do you know what you actually do? You show your your partner the real you. Ooh, ooh. And when they see the real you and it's incongruent with the version of you they like, I, I don't know you anymore. I feel like uh, you're like you're an entirely different person. So if you're a couple that cultivates dialogue, right? And not only dialogue, but passionate dialogue. And when I say passionate, maybe your voice is raised. Maybe you're intense. But maybe you're not intense from an aggressive or violent standpoint. You're just passionate about what you're talking about, right? Again, that is a good indicator for your partner to be able to see, like, oh, you got levels to your annoyance. You have levels to your displeasure. Now, these levels don't necessarily mean you're going to grab me and throw me on the ground or something like that. But if you have a relationship that's healthy enough to be able to show the various sides of your nature, then guess what? The relationship benefits from that argument. Listen, I really believe, and I've said this on numerous occasions, couples, you guys should take a logic course because when i'm sitting coaching couples oh god 
I, sometimes I just, I got a little mini bottle of Florida water with me, and I just spray it. Just, I go light some sage, because ain't nobody making no type of sense. Because they don't know how to argue. They think arguing is cutting each other off. They think arguing is yelling at each other. They think arguing is, is trying to prove a point to be right. No, arguments, argumentation in logic represents something. Do you know what it represents? It represents two opposing sides, right? Of an idea, of a thought. So let's, let's you, you give me your argument and I'll give you mine. But we do it in respect, right? So I, I really believe a logic course would help. Number one, logic is simple. I love logic. You know, I, I have this uh, program on my phone. I have an app on my phone. I think it was called the World's Greatest Courses, World Class Courses or something like that. And what it is is video classes of professors all over the world, you know, for teaching at universities about specific topics. One of those courses I watched, uh, it was a very good one, on logic. Logic has a premise. You can have multiple premises, but only one conclusion. Logic has a conclusion. Your conclusion is what you think it is. I think you were cheating. Yeah? Okay. Show me your premises. Premises is just another word for proof. Right? Proof. Sh prove to me that your conclusion is right. It is the premise that proves and validates the conclusion. You can have multiple premises, but only one conclusion. We take a, a logic course together, and then we sit down and talk. Right? To a therapist. I guarantee you, we're going to be able to work some things out. But I do believe that there is some level of value in an argument. Not a violent one, but a passionate one. And I don't think you should have them every day. Right? Again, imagine if you took a logic course with your woman or your man. But you followed some basic rules, right? The basic rule is... Number one, we're not going to interrupt. Number two, we're going to let the other person speak and we're going to engage in active listening. Number three, if it gets too passionate, we can always call for a timeout. My girl is great at timeouts. She gave me a timeout before the show. We was talking. She said, uh, sir, two minutes. You got two minutes before you go. Okay. We'll finish. We'll table this. Sometimes tabling it. Let's deal with this tomorrow. You know, all right, that's too much, right? So, again, but logic, right? We're using logic. A lot of people think logic is about being right. Do you understand? It, that's not what logic is about. <laughs> logic is trying to get as close to the truth as words can take us. Did you hear how I said that? Logic is about getting us as close to the truth as words can take us. 
So we take the logic course. We're not going to interrupt. Nobody is right. We're not looking to be right. We're discussing and having dialogue so we can become congruent, alignment with one another. We're not going to interrupt. And if it gets too passionate, we're going to call a timeout. And here's the kicker. Let's argue. Yes, let's argue. Like Betty said, like Sister Betty Shabazz said, as portrayed by, you know who I'm talking about? Who portrayed Betty Shabazz in Malcolm X? Famous actress. She also played Tina Turner. Who? Yes, Angela Bassett, right? You remember that scene when she told Malcolm, we're going to argue. We're going to have a fight. We're going to argue. And then he got to the point where he said, woman, don't you raise your voice in my house. I love that scene. It was beautiful. But she's just had this way about how she handled Malcolm. I don't know who wrote it. Was Spike wrote the movie. But she would say things like, dear heart. Ooh, let my woman say that to me. I'm listening. Dear heart. Like, huh? I turn into that little bitty kid with the beanie sitting on Santa's lap. Dear heart, she went, there's a way to do it to where, okay, we went too far. Let's come back. But this last piece, argue from a place of kindness, respect, and love for your partner. When your partner won't even have a conversation with you about what is important, when your when your partner is avoiding every serious, meaningful, purposeful conversation that could potentially move the relationship forward they are drawing the line in the sand for a future relational war right argue from a space of kindness respect and love for your partner keep those adjectives in your mind you are not adversaries in a boxing ring but two people who are fighting because you want to work things out so it's okay to fight if we're fighting to work it out. You may have a different uh, methodology or uh, modality for how we should work it out. I may have a different one. But if we're fighting for the same cause, let's remember that and not get so emotionally carried away. Sometimes emotional regulation is a big problem if you got two people who don't know how to regulate their emotions. Again, you are not adversaries in a boxing ring, but two people who are fighting because you want to work things out. So both of you come out of this thing with a sense of having been heard and respected. I don't know if y'all listening. I, I don't know if y'all hear it the way I'm trying to lay it down. It is a great sign when couples argue because they are working towards building a better relationship. It's a great sign. And when I say arguing, I mean from uh, a respectful, intelligent, love-centered space, right? We can disagree. It's okay to disagree, right? And this is why I say it's okay for us to argue sometimes. It means we are both invested in making our partnership the best one possible. To me, this makes sense. If couples aren't arguing, it may indicate that they've given up 
on any chance of the relationship getting any better. Or maybe they've decided to settle for the current state of communication. Maybe this is as good as it's going to get, right? This is not a bad place to be, to be. And eventually, that relationship, I'm telling you, that relationship will break down if you don't find a space where, hey, man, I just don't agree with the way you're moving. I don't agree with the way you get down, right? You got to remember, whenever there's a fight, please remember, a fight is indicative of something important happening. Does that make sense? Dude, does that make sense? Something important happened and we got to argue about it. But not beat each other up, but we got to argue. We got to go head to head on this in a respectful way. I'm trying to help y'all, man. I'm trying to help myself as well. You're listening to The Voice of Reason. When I come forward, the final 10 minutes of the VOR, and you already know who's up next, Jill Monroe. RSVP and let me shout out Stephanie she sent me some headphone covers we appreciate our listeners they love us so much when we come forward more from the VOR ladies and gentlemen one of the greatest hip-hop albums of all time man if y'all don't go back to 1988 And this, listen, this album right here was one of the most significant hip-hop albums ever recorded. Public Enemy, Chuck D, Flavor Flav, Terminator X, of course, Brother Professor Griff. Come on. Rebel Without a Pause. You gonna put, I mean, I'm in high school, backpack, (laughs) I hear this, I'm like, is that Jesse Jackson on a rap record? Brothers and sisters, I don't know what this world is coming to. Oh my God. It was then, do you the first time I ever heard Farrakhan's voice was on a public enemy record? You don't push ya. Using your fame as a DJ to sell drugs, Terminator, go off. I said, oh, this is too much. (laughs) Hip hop was, it's a beautiful thing, man. It's a beautiful thing. And it has taken a dip. It it has dipped off into some weirdness. But the the youngsters are doing it, and I still love the youngins. But Lord, you go back to 1988. And get that album. It takes a nation of millions to hold us back. Look at look at how relevant it is today. Public Enemy's symbol was a black man in the crosshairs of a scope. That was their logo. Man, just wow, hip hop, man. Don't 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 listen. Don't let the media destroy the beauty of what that thing was and still is man i met public and i met chuck d here this wasn't the first time i met chuck d before but he was just here at kbla when we did uh we had uh the juneteenth event he was just here and i i called mo d and got cool mo and chuck on the phone together listen man Please don't forget the power of hip hop. But let me wrap up tonight's topic about this relational war. 
Good communication skills are the keys to any successful relationship. First off, I'm tired of that. That's a cliche. Yes, we know. Good communication skills are the keys to successful relationship. Let's go deeper. What is your communication style? And how does it present or uh, bring conflict in a relationship? Let's start there. Start with yourself. Are you competitive, collaborative, combative? Are you cooperative, collaborative? Are you avoidant? And which one are you when I need you to be collaborative? When I need you to be supportive? When it's a tough situation, which one is your default? Let's go deep into it. All right? We know the basic rules. Don't talk at the same time. Be a listener. Do you know what makes a great ra uh, radio personality? Especially if they have guests, if people are calling, listening. It's not about talking. It's about listening. The greatest radio personalities are the best listeners because they know how to get the best out of the person that's sitting in front of them. So the same applies to relationships. Right? Here's a good one. Think before you speak. Think about it. And if you need time, right, ask, hey, you know, I need a moment to think about the question you just asked me. I never thought of it that way. This was deep, right? King Solomon said, give me the gift of a listening heart. We need that in intimate relationships. We're too busy, ready to respond, right, with vitriol. I want, no, you, you crazy, you got me messed up. You know what the real word is. But anyway, think before you speak and care while you're listening. Care while you're speaking. How about not hitting below the belt? That is the person you love, right? Hmm? What about facts instead of accusations? This is why I say couples should take a logic course. Right. Let's deal with just the facts. And not the feelings and the misinterpretations and all of that. Right. And then participate with sincerity and honesty. And then observe. Right. Remember, body language is a nonverbal communication technique and it's a critique. If you talking and I turn my back or I fold my arms or I'm shaking my head, you're critiquing with your body, with your body. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I started the conversation. You finish it. Brother will be in here next Monday with another slapper. Love y'all.